so uh, we're recording now. Uh, welcome back, listeners. This is episode five of our podcast here, the Wilma podcast, the White Lives Matter Always podcast, where we are describing how in our society, white lives matter always, and the rest of us just matter sometimes. If um, I could just take a second to introduce myself. My name's Sarah Good Medicine. Nista Aniko Abiskonaki, my name's Far Shooter. I use she, her pronouns. Uh, when I make art, I go by Good Medicine. And uh, I'll hand it off here to uh, my co-host uh, to introduce himself. And then we'll ask our lovely guest here, our first guest on the Wilma podcast, uh, to introduce themselves. Also, as you mentioned, we are recording at Mac Hall at the University of Calgary. Some might say the uh, lion's den of colonial thought. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, just figured that was important, so I'll pass, pass, pass that over to you, Steve. Thank you, my friend. Uh, this is Stephen Wright speaking, the old white guy. Uh, uh, I really liked what you said about the lions being in the lion's den of colonialism. Uh, the university seems to be reaching for the sky because the buildings get taller, but I actually don't know about the quality of learning here. Uh, we'll bypass that and uh, um, come back to that. So I want to, before I int- we introduce Jen or Jen introduces herself, I want to just acknowledge um, that we're on indigenous land um, and that we're all benefiting from it, uh, particularly us white folks. We need to sort of understand and be more respectful of the land that we're on and be thankful that we are and, and be respectful of how we use our environment. And not just the land, but the people from this land. Absolutely. The two go hand in hand, and, and we need to really like take a minute to reflect upon that. Yeah, right on. Jenny P. Over to me. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Jennifer Fournier, and I'm Korean Anishinaabe, uh, English, and Irish. My family is from uh, North Battleford, Saskatchewan, and I am so excited to be here with Sarah and with Stephen uh, as the first guest on the Wilma podcast. So hey. I'm very excited. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. So um, I guess, you know, the first thing as we were walking up to the, the university, you know, when you said it out loud, it was really nice for me to hear because it sort of validated what I feel when I come onto campus here, mm-hmm. um, which is that I get, you know, mad anxiety. And so I'm just wondering, could you like just describe a little bit, you know, what your feelings are stepping onto, you know? Yeah, for sure. The lines. A, 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 a huge, a, a huge. Uh, uh, I don't know if these spaces are built for us, and I think that somebody who doesn't have a post-secondary education, um, and as an Indigenous woman, I'm not sure if these Western colonial spaces. They cause so much anxiety because we know that we're not welcome here, no matter what they mm. do to try to make us feel welcome here. Yeah. Gee, that's what it is. You know what I mean? Um, for folks, uh, you know, because we um, are interested in this uh, podcast reaching white folks in particular. If you didn't know, um, it was only uh, like around 50 years ago when Indians, indigenous people, native people could actually legally go to school and uh, and educate ourselves here it was illegal for us to step foot uh, on campus 
and um, so like quite literally these institutions from the ground up I'm not sure when UFC has started but it was definitely you know a long time ago over 50 years and um, it was uh, it was built to exclude us you yep. know and um, so I guess do you I guess maybe to go over to our uh, resident uh, white lad do you uh, have any thoughts about that like do you feel like it's a coincidence that indigenous people feel uh i don't know anxious excluded yes scared <laughs> sorry am i supposed to, no I'm, yeah I'm, please I'm like, you're doing all great of those things. how many podcasts you've been on None. by the way <laughs> yeah you're doing great <laughs> yeah you. you're you're el natural <laughs> okay um i so here's my thinking of this is that i think it's ironic that us white folks take over your land we build this fine institution of learning and they say okay we're going to allow you to start attending and functioning and I think just the fact that we're actually doing that is, is a, a really good uh, example of oppression so Michael Foucault who is a philosopher often said that knowledge is power and so that's another way that we've actually oppressed indigenous people by denying them the right to acquire knowledge if you fast forward now to the 21st century, my way of thinking is, yeah, like you don't need to come to this white center of learning, create your own, because in some aspects you're much more superior. So to me, it's still tokenism. Um, and tokenism by, it's, it's funny how the university like, is really proud and beats their chest and hey, we're, we're inclusive, right? We're including these indigenous people. We have an indigenous center on campus when really, it should be permeated in everything we do, our yes. way we actually operate. And um, Jen, I want to ask you, mm -hmm. you know, I feel a certain way when I hear the word inclusion. I'm just interested, like, what does that feel like for you? You know what I mean? What, wh yeah, what does... What is inclusion? Like, yeah, like, uh, yeah. I think that, um, I think that... There, were, there was a thing that we used to say about inclusion, like if you're um, diversity inclusion. So if it's like if you're asked to the dance and then you're, you know, but you're not asked to dance, that's not really inclusion. I think inclusion is an interesting concept that um, doesn't really include us because the Western systems of inclusion exclude anybody that doesn't have the white color of skin. Yes. Yeah, and also, and would you, if I could just butt in for a sec there, big guy, um, like, would you say that also extends to white ways of thinking or white attitudes? Like, if you uh, mm -hmm. are sort of breaking that mold, uh, like, does this, would you say the system penalizes you for that? Like yeah, if and you're to the bring West, your own yeah, the something? Western ideologies do not coincide with anything of indigenous ways of knowledge. So we're constantly trying. Just being, I mean, I've never gone to university, let's not lie. I've never been to a post-secondary institution, it just wasn't in my cards. But um, the Western way of thinking is nothing the way the, our knowledge keepers teach us. Well, y you, um, you might not have attended as a student, but you have <laughs> been on university <laughs> I campuses. Have. I have. And I have. Um, how have those experiences been? Um, stressful. And I feel like we're constantly always trying to teach non-Indigenous people. Like we're just being, just being there is always tokenized or super stressful because if you're not at MRU in their, in their, or here in their indigenous um, place to be, 
then you, you, as soon as you leave the doors, you're still indigenous. And this huge campus doesn't include all of that. Yes. Yeah. It's like, so we have to go to one safe place. I don't, that's not inclusive is what I'm yeah, trying to right. say. You know, um, I just want to vibe off that for a second. You know, I was in my last position of uh, sort of standard employment. Um, I had a request coming from uh, the municipality, uh, one of the municipal bodies, requesting that if I knew any smudge-friendly spaces. And this really upset me when I heard this. I was just like blown away. Like I, my guts start turning just thinking about it because to me, a smudge-friendly space is an indigenous-friendly space. And so somebody who has uh, access and authority within the municipality to uh, use the many spaces that uh, that um, the city... Are available uh, to them. Yes, that none of them are smudge-friendly, a.k.a. indigenous-friendly, friendly. that hurt me. You know what I mean? And the ignorance of this person to ask to just... I don't know, it just very much bothered me and so I just sort of feel that way like what you're saying so they made a corner mm -hmm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. uh, for indigenous people you're like okay well you have your corner now you're you know you get enough things that's mm -hmm. all I could just hear them saying already you get enough mm -hmm. you know sort of things so mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask you there's a story related to this um, where you came to support somebody who was defending their thesis and uh, going through, I think, a graduation process of yes. sorts. And that was sort of what I was alluding to when yeah. I said, you, you know, I'll you have been on, on campuses before yeah. um, and they do, you know, sort of create a certain type of experience. Could you share a little bit about that story? I can. Um, so one of my dear friends was um, in her, defending her masters here and she was gifted regalia from her, um, from her grandmother and the, people who were that she was defending her thesis in front of whether it be the teachers or what have you um, told her that she wasn't able to um, wear her special regalia that she wanted to and then they also told she had it ended up being that she she after three three times she she was able to wear whatever she wanted but it was a fight for six months and then she graduated top of her class and they were fighting with her the institution i don't want to label any i don't know exactly who it was but oh let's let's <laughs> name them and pick them out <laughs> just kidding just <laughs> they they didn't want her to wear her cedar cap and she ended up wearing her cedar cap but it was a huge eight month ordeal for her to fight she contributed to this university she went here she's she you know has all of the degrees all of the things strong indigenous woman and it took her, she still had to fight for that right. On top of going to school in a place that's not safe for her, yep. she had to also fight. Uh, to, to be herself yes. and to represent her nation and who she is. So, you know, this sort of reminds me of something because that sort of uh, dynamic or relationship sort of makes me feel uh, like I prepared some, some uh, well, we have prepared some prompts for today. You know, one of the things that it reminds me of, um, and this is coming from Bell Hooks' All About Love, um, that book there, uh, that dominating cultures use fear to create obedience. And uh, she also states that there's no fear in love, um, that uh, you can be afraid to trust love, you know, but really that fear and love cannot coexist. And being aware uh, of this, 
enables us a sort of critical examination uh, of our actions so that we can be responsible, show respect, and indicate a willingness to learn uh, about love, you know. But uh, when I think about those things, you know, that sort of um, uh, paraphrase summary there, that, you know, if I had to fight for eight months in an institution that I'm already working towards being a student, that would create fear for me every day on top of already not being allowed like I'm actually going up against somebody who has more power and authority to say um, so anyways I'm just curious what you think about that yeah and I think that I I it's interesting I read that um, quote that you sent me and I think that um, using fear I think that institutions use the fear of not letting us be who we are because they have such a power to just dismantle everything that we are as people and, and what we're trying to achieve. So um, I think that, yeah, I think that that institutions that don't respect um, our individuality um, as Indigenous people, uh, they're hard. It's, it's, a, it's a scary thing. And maybe that's why I never went into university. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but I like also the thing about that fear and love can can't coexist. I, I'm still thinking about that, um, but I don't really have a comment on that piece of it yet because it actually, I've been thinking a lot about it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like, mm. no, this is. Because uh, I agree with it, but I, I still haven't quite, I have to, I have to think about it a little bit more. It's deep. <laughs> it is really deep because you sent it to me and I was like, this is really cool. And then I'm like, well, of course it can't. If you're fearful of something, then you can't love it at the same time or you can't be in that in a harmonious state of being. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. And, you know, I'm not claiming to know anything about love. I am learning about love. I am reminded by this book that, you know, we need to dedicate uh, effort to reconnecting with love because I you know part of being in a colonial society you know like what you were saying earlier um, I can't remember who was on or off the podcast but just how like this whole system is sort of you have to fit into a white way of, of being and thinking in order to uh, access the systems to survive to provide for yourselves I'm sort of elaborating on what you were saying yeah. a little bit um, but uh, you know that is domination that, that, that is, um, you know, if I don't have a choice not to do something else, that is a sort of uh, training into obedience, you know, a Ooh, system that good. is forcing you yes. to... Uh, to do to what they say or else you're not going to achieve the goals you set out for yourself. Yes. Do, yeah, that's... So, uh, yeah. um, you know, Steve, I'm sort of curious, you know, do you feel, you know, because I really like on episode two when I was challenging you and you told me in honesty um, you felt attacked you know when I was sort of calling you in and I think all of us actually have that consciousness in us it's just that um, because of the way that you appear the systems around you constantly enforce you to play that role you are supposed to be uh, in charge of us you know um, you like for Jen and myself, we, we are supposed to, you know, do a certain thing. Yeah. And for us even, and I still tell you this, it's, a f it's scary for me to challenge you. I know we have a relationship, but, you know, when you miss something and I feel that violence of that thing that you're carrying out, that power that you're holding, 
you know, it's scary for me to, to challenge you mm-hmm. on. And so I'm just wondering, you know, sort of bringing those things up, that sort of honesty part that you know that that part was in, is inside of you. You know, is there any comment you would make around this domination and fear and love uh, that we're talking about? Well, I just wanted to say that uh, I've known Jennifer for a long time and, and there's no way I could ever control her. She kind of like, whatever <laughs> <laughs> happens. I do want to make, here's a, a comment I want to make, and I think actually, thanks for bringing that up, because it, it, it makes a point what I've been thinking about. So I actually, even though I spent a lot of years going to school, I find going to school intimidating, but I also find it very uh, controlling. And so I, I too, you know, I, I'm tired. I'm, I, you know, the university says you have to comply with us or we're not going to give you a degree. Right. So I've always had to play that game rather reluctantly. However, my response is different than, say, yours or Jenny because I am white. I can sort of look at them and very comfortably say, no, actually, I think you're totally out to lunch on that. Yeah. And I have in the past. <laughs> you can go pound sand yeah. and they're not going <laughs> to do shit to though. you. Right, exactly, because I'm white. And so I, I, but I do think that any institution, any institution sets a, a, a set minimal standard and it's all based on compliance. So just going back to, we talked about inclusion. The word inclusion in the disability world came out because people were incarcerated in institutions. And then they said, okay, we think we finally realized that's bad. We're gonna move everyone into the community and then you're gonna be included which is pure bull caca. There's many people out there that are not included in society. Uh, and, and, and Jennifer's comment about, we often invite people t- to the party, but we don't never ask them to dance. Mm-hmm. And so we believe that oh, as long as we invite you and you're living in the community, then we've done due diligence. Mm-hmm. Um, which again is a white way of, of looking at things, right? We have a tendency to put things in boxes or to institutionalize everything do and that's all about compliance it's it's based on how the color of our skin and how we were brought up is how we react to it and I react differently because mm-hmm. I'm a little shit disturber right so I'm going to challenge you I've never once actually thought oh dear you know like I'm going to the fear is kind of there but certainly not as intense no, not, not even, even coming close, close. No. these systems were built by your people they were to benefit you so I think that now I have I just saw that I'd like bobbing off about inclusion. yeah sorry the only place that we feel included is in our communities yeah. and in our spaces. So I think my my I what I was I lost my train of thought there, but quickly just about inclusion. It's gonna is come that, back to you. Yeah, it yeah it, like it just kind of spurred. Like I we aren't include. I feel way more comfortable at ceremony or at a or at a powwow yeah. or um, you know watching Sarah rap or do. Those are spaces that we've created for ourselves, yeah. and they're based in our teachings and who we are. So there's no fear that comes with that. That's the purest form of love. Mm. When we come to places like right, this, yeah. it's terrifying. Mm. Terrifying. I also, yeah, and I, I also think that love is unconditional. Sorry, and, and, and by that I mean yeah. unconditional. You, you just, mm. it's, it comes with no qualifiers, mm. right? It's just, it's, it's unconditional or not. And I know, if, you know, even though I'm old, I've had some experience at thinking that I've fallen in love. I'm still questioning and still looking at it and thinking, okay, what is it exactly? And, and so I've, I've kind of... Well, is, let me, is the let word, me, I is the let's, word let's, love a white? Let's, a white? 
man's language? Well, you know, well, for instance, well, it is English, you know, uh, so that's a start, you know, but I know in other languages, well, even, you know, it's a good question um, because I know how to say the translation of I love you in Cree and Blackfoot. In Cree, it's Gizakitin, uh, and in Blackfoot, it's Gitsigakumim. But the direct, the literal translation of that it's is... Actions. It's an action word. It is an action word. Yeah, do you know anything about... Do you want to share anything about those words? No, I just know a little words? bit about um, the Blackfoot word, and I'm not going to try to massacre the... But what, what um, our, my elders' teachings are is those are action words. Like, um, the Blackfoot word for love is like, you, you're, you're actually love Like, it's an action, and, and you're constantly showing it. It's like a circle. It never ends. I don't know too much about the Cree one, sorry, but I, I do know my le- that word about uh, the Blackfoot word. Yeah. Well, the, is that the, kind of the same what you were Well, thought? it is, and I okay. think, you know, one of the things is words in, in our languages can mean many things, too. There's a plurality that exists mm-hmm. there that in English does not exist mm-hmm. in the same way. While there might be some you know yeah. exceptions, exceptions to that you know generally speaking that's the case and when i learned the the sort of lit the most like sort of into english concrete trans uh translations that exist it's that it's uh i see your soul mm-hmm. i see i see you it's not i like it's not i love you we don't actually have the word no. uh love in our languages mm-hmm. it's that i see your soul and uh, so anyways, I just, you know, are your spirit. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's not to say we don't have love in our culture. White folks don't get us wrong, uh, you know, but it's that, you know, in our languages, it represents a way of looking at the world that's much different. Mm-hmm. So, but to say, so say this, I know you're wanting to jump in there, Steve, but just Kika, just one sec. So um, there's a, a definition of love that I think is helpful here this comes so the reason I know about this definition is Bell Hooks cites it in her book all about love and um, it comes from the road less traveled uh, I can't remember the author just off the, the cuff here uh, but he's a white dude um, but I thought this definition is really good um, defining love as the will to extend extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth so mm. i like this you know definition i've been thinking a lot about it because you know what I, I learned about love is that you're supposed to fall in love or even one of the other prompts that i have for today is that um the message this is from uh all about love the message received from the media regarding love is that knowledge makes love less compelling. That it is the ignorance that gives love its erotic and transgressive edge. So that's really an interesting thing Mm. that in Western culture, if I know less about you, somehow I can love you more. You know, to me, things like consent comes up. Well, like if I ask for consent, it's less love. You know what I mean? It's Mm. less sexy or, you know, I'm, you know, there's, um, but at the same time too, uh, I think it also shows how in relationships, uh, perhaps this is my perspective, I'm interested in what you both think, um, but uh, that, you know, if I know less about somebody, there's mystery there and it's funner. And I'm not saying I don't like mystery, you know what I mean? 
but there's a certain I think she's really hitting on something that we're supposed to actually be ignorant in order to be in love with people and that there's sort of an irony I think she's pointing out in mm. western culture there so I don't know d- is thoughts feelings I think Jenny's point that love is, a, is action right I think that's a good example how in our white world we've actually taken the term love or the concept love and, and, and made it more marketable and so uh, you know I mean or easy to say or easy, easy it's totally easy, easy to say instead of um, and I think it's really easy to fall in love but it's really uh, it's just as easy to fall out of love and I think that's some of the issues because we've been ingrained in our society even for white people when I was young I was told you need to settle down you need to find a wife you need to start a, a family and then we'll take you seriously and it's kind of like you know subconsciously I've been given the, the, the word that you need to be compliant, you need to do this, right? This, they're very typical, you get your first job, you meet your wife, you get married, you buy a house, you have 2.5 kids, yeah. mm-hmm. and you're going to live happily ever after, right? And that itself is just, what it's, again, it's just simply not true. So I liked what you said, Jenny, about the action. And yeah, and uh, what else were you going to say, Jen? Well, I'm just thinking about what you said about, um, like, I see your, like, the, the translation is I see your soul or, I, or you know, I mm-hmm. see who you are. And I think as Indigenous people, um, when we are in love, that it encompasses all of that. Like, you actually are um, seeing into that person's soul. And it's an action, and it's continuous, and it doesn't ever stop. As I think that... Um, like Steve just said, like a non-Indigenous person might just do the status quo or the 50s housewife thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, or whatever that looks like. But Which might be fun to play for a day. Uh, let me just say. <laughs> it's always fun to play house. Not to live it. It's always fun to play house. It's not so much fun cleaning up the house, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Something I wanted to add on to this on the prompt here is that in Pedagogy of the Oppressed, Frere talks about a true act of love is something that upsets um, the oppressive structures that be rather than reinforcing them. Uh, and so I know we're s- it's like I know we're talking about different things, but to me they're very much tied together. That we've separated love from things that like even when i say anti-oppression it feels like a negative thing but when i say uh love but in fact by disrupting structures that not include us Mm -hmm. those are actually to me uh when i interrupt you and i've talked about this on the show steve uh from being an oppressive person or you know what I'm doing is actually showing you love, love because I'm saying I believe in you as a human being. I believe that you can see that what you're doing actually hurts me um, and I want to be a human being with you. You know what I mean? But, you know, you can see the irony in that because, you know, sometimes when that happens, you actually feel attacked. You don't interpret what I'm saying as His love. love. Your love, sorry, she, sorry, I apologize. No yeah. worries. Yeah. No worries. Thank yeah. You. You're not accepting that. You're not seeing it. No, you're right. Which is really but interesting. I, I think that's that's uh, well, and I she's think coming at it as a, as an as a as a teachable moment full of love yeah, to coexist and, with and you. And I do think it's it's be, all of our upbringing we've been ingrained with that whole concept, right? It's it's a con job, and and you're totally right. It's when you challenge me first thing I'm thinking is how dare you say that Sarah you know <laughs> that I have feelings for you that I care about you 
You say that to me all the time. And that's, no, I do. And he that's, says that to and me that too. Sound, does that not, like, just saying this, this is very interesting. Does just saying that, doesn't that sound actually like a form of domination? Like, to, to, to be like, you're misinterpreting me. You don't understand me. Because I am I loving you, you right now. But, but you are like it. <laughs> yeah, but you are actually, like, mad at me <laughs> for not thinking what you think is love. Mm-hmm. Which I like, the reason I like that, that, um, that definition is because <laughs> that doesn't feel nurturing of my my spirit at all. <laughs> no, no. Mm. Mm. And so I just want to say thanks again for your honesty because I do believe that's how we're gonna shift these things is, is by so. being honest. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, and I th- I think part of part of my journey I'm not gonna say talk about anyone else part of my journey has that's good has to has to learn to <laughs> unlearn these things uh and relearn things and so it's a it's a matter of me shifting my mind but really reflecting upon our conversations and reflecting upon what we talked about yeah i think that's that's a real piece i'm always very conscious of the fact that one time you just looked at me and said you know i'm getting kind of tired of <laughs> teaching you all the time <laughs> and it's like that's cool. like, but, it, but we are and we do it this is what I i'm know. saying is that every I time know. we go in i'm going to use a perfect example really quick when the token indigenous people at our old agency and i would walk into those places and everybody would be like can i oh gifts and it would just be the weirdest and i'm constantly it. yeah you know constantly teaching people yeah. about Yes, and, and I think for us to actually really unlearn, we need to teach ourselves, and we can only do that by exposing how we're feeling in our mindset. And but that that actually is yeah. is a tough mm-hmm. thing to do. It it is, and uh, if I can just interject here, did you know that? Like, were you conscious that you do those things to Gen Two? Were you sort of affirm or assert in a sort of dominating way? Was that something? Uh, that we're just uncovering now, or was that something like? Have you had a sense of that, or no? Actually, I totally. Um, Jennifer and I have known each other for an mm-hmm. awful long time. We've gotten really close, and I, I care a lot about Jennifer. She's like my sister. Like she's like a sister I always. But wanted. I've had to read. But I've had but to say to you. She's had to. But rain, that she's you. Had <laughs> <to rain laughs> no, I don't mean this in a non-sensual way. But that a sister that you occasionally are dominating towards. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, not and, occasionally. And, yeah, and and <laughs> I think that this. even language that you used to use unconsciously. Yes. yes. We've talked about this. Yeah unconsciously I've had to say to you because we have known each other for over 25 years and you've seen this growth in my own journey and my my, you know my my reconnection but I have had you and I have had conversations about you are can be very dominating and and what's great about you Steve is when somebody says to you I don't like the way that you're doing that because of this you s- you usually stop. Usually, <laughs> you're way better now than you were before because of all of this. Yeah. So you are resetting your mindset. Yes. and Retraining it. No, for no, sure. and, I, and, I, think and I think if I could just say one more thing, uh, that I really like this example because y'all have known each other for a very long time, mm-hmm. and this also shows because I can just hear white folks saying, you know, well, I've been friends with this mm-hmm. black person for. 30 years you know they were my neighbor you know i grew up with them or whatever or you know 
where I grew up, there was a reserve and, you know, I had this one native friend or maybe it was more than one, like whatever. And you they're know, nice people. And they're, they're nice. Yeah. And they, you know, they never said nothing to me. Well, that's the thing is that like for us to say something, it is an act of love because it is quite literally an act of courage to acknowledge that you could see our humanity yeah. and we have to believe in you. And there's a lot of assessment that goes on. Are you a safe person for mm -hmm. me even to say this to? Mm -hmm. So anyways, I just wanted to add that in that yeah. your relationship, you know, just like our relationship is a very interesting example of how the complexities of these power dynamics are pervasive and that you cannot just say, I care about you. You know, I care about you, yeah. you know, That's because that love it's action or understanding. Yes. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, I definitely have to show it through my actions and it. And it uh, I do take what both of you say to heart. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's difficult for me to go back and reflect yes. upon it. And yes. I ref and I, and, but I think, though, in my desire to be close, right, I, I, I need to really uncover a lot of that stuff. Because you're right, I can be dominant. I can mm -hmm. look at you and go, like... You have a whole bunch of shit to unpack, dude. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, and it's countdown time. You do. <laughs> you know, you do. Yeah. Just like us all, but... So this you get to do it in a safe place. Yeah, we're, you know, it reminds me of one thing I just want to say before, because uh, we're, if you wouldn't believe it, but we're at uh, oh, no. 33 minutes, okay. and we did establish <laughs> we're going to be 20 to 30 <laughs> minutes. But, um, you know, it reminds me of um, something, um, gee, I just lost it. I probably wasn't meant to say it, so I'm just going to let it go. Um, but I think... Um, one last thing I want to just prompt us with here, because um, their conversation has been about love. One of the things that struck me in that book that I have not been able to stop thinking about, all about love with bell hooks, is that there can be no love without justice. This to me is incredible because when I was growing up, there were many injustices that took place within my bio family, which is part of that Western narrative that, y you know, your, uh, who you're related to loves you. You know, you might not like them or all these things, you know, but they but love you. you. But, you know, what she sort of says exactly, it's if you have to do anything, it's probably not love. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know. I'm just interested uh, if, uh, Jen, you want to go first and uh, then Steve, if you just want to say, you know, what does that make you think of? There could be no love without justice. This is a, a quote. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this is heavy. Yeah, just and <laughs> this is heavy. Hand just ten uh, seconds. No, ten just seconds. No, I don't know. Um, there could be love without justice. Yeah, I think that. Um, I think that Steve, you have to go first because I lost it too. So yeah. you said there can be no love, love with without, without justice. Without justice. And that that we often in moments of injustice, if if we've wronged somebody or whatever, just sort of even like what we're talking about you now you know, you'll be saying, well, I love you. You know what I mean? Well, actually, in that moment, you know, it, that wasn't love. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, we like, what lo love is, uh, you know, starts with uh, at least caring and nurturing for that person and that person's spirit, you know, that respects your own. And um, so when we're committing an act of violence, um, and there's no justice with that. There actually can't, can't be. be can't See, when be. you just explain that, I now it's like, oh yeah, yeah, there can't be. 
if if there's you know what what she just said which was amazing <laughs> it's not i'm just quoting people no, i'm just quoting people it's so people. good and i actually i when you say it like that it makes total sense so yeah Okay, so I'm just, I see the gears going. Maybe yeah. we'll reflect on this uh, on our next recording here. <laughs> I want to say uh, it's been such a pleasure to have you on uh, on the podcast here. Uh, Jen, thank you so much for being our, our first guest. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just really excited, you know, to get to know you in this way too. Mm. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, I... Uh, Thanks for listening. Oh, I keep forgetting this. I forgot to say it at the beginning. But if you want to communicate with us, uh, the Wilma Podcast at gmail.com uh, or at uh, the Wilma Podcast uh, on any on Instagram, Twitter, and I think we're uh, working on some other platforms there. But that's spelled out T H E, the Wilma, spelled W L M A uh, Podcast, P O D. Uh, C-A-S-T. That's how that's spelled there. So you can email us. You can reach out. uh, Say you want to be on the show. You want us to come record in your venue, whatever. (laughs) uh, Reach out to us. We want to hear from you. You got questions for us. You got questions for Steve. You want to connect with one of our guests. uh, Please reach out to us. And, uh, yeah, so thanks for tuning in here. Uh, Thanks for having me. That was fun. Let's do that again. Wow. (laughs) I'm glad you said that, Jenner, because I don't think the conversation's <laughs> over so. yet. <laughs> I think, Jenny uh, part two. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, as always, I'm going to walk away. My head's going to be just full of thoughts and stuff. And Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. No, it's, You're welcome. it's been good, and I thank both of you very much. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a good podcast. Thank you very much, my friend. Thanks I'm for glad inviting you me. Came. Thank you. What an honor. <laughs>